topic for today, which is going to be uh, unlocking the campus. We're going to be talking about uh, how to get on those campuses. I know as youth pastors we want to get on there and we want to talk with students, but oftentimes it's really, really hard to get on there. And so today on the call we've got Brian Hill, and, and Brian has been working with uh, a parachurch organization called Youth for Christ, which I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with. He's an area director, oversees multiple schools and campuses, but uh, more than just overseeing Youth for Christ, he's got a real passion for connecting the local business owners, uh, school administrators, staff, coaches, and providing successful faith-based and purpose-driven programs. Brian does a lot with providing and just meeting the needs of the schools and the students, and so uh, I'm really excited about uh, having Brian on the call today. He's a business owner uh, and has been a youth pastor and works with churches and uh, has, a, has a great perspective on the church, community, schools. And so, Brian, uh, I don't want to take any more of your time, man. Go ahead and uh, uh, take it away. The table's yours. All right. Thanks, Brian, and thanks uh, to all of you. I, I realize how busy each of you are. Uh, Wednesdays are always bruiser. Uh, I remember many Wednesdays that ended up being just straight. 18-hour days, uh, and so I have a lot of respect for you guys being up and going this morning. Um, saying that, I don't want to waste any of your time, and I want to just go ahead and move right into it. Uh, I'd like to open it in prayer on my part, though. So, Lord, I just thank you this morning for each and every one of these uh, young men and young ladies who are out throughout this nation impacting this young generation for you. And Lord, I just ask that these next few minutes uh, that you'll put me on like a suit, Lord, and everything that I say will be uh, from you, and they'll hear more of you than they'll ever hear of me, Lord. Uh, so it will impact them, and it will open opportunities for kids to be reached uh, with your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, when Ryan was telling me about this, he said, uh, you're going to be speaking, and you're not going to be able to hear anyone. Uh, so as someone that's been a preacher, that's a little bit more difficult. Uh, and then I told him, well, basically it's going to be like I'm talking to myself, which is normal. So this, this shouldn't be a big deal at all. Um, today, the subject is unlocking the campus. I'd like to start off by telling you a story. Uh, 2003. Uh, I was down off of 10th Street, which in Oklahoma City is a fairly rough area, and uh, I was just starting out with a business, and I uh, was trying to help a church out, and so I became their volunteer youth pastor. Uh, I had told God I would do anything else on this planet that he asked of me as long as he didn't ask me to do student ministry, so uh, he's got quite the sense of humor. Um, right after that time, I had called one of our local high schools, it's called PC West, and uh, got a call back from the one of the assistant principals, and he said they had an FCA program there, and uh, they were just trying to see if one of the churches in the area might want to help them out. I'm like, sure, absolutely, I'd love to. So I go and, you know, get there, and there's uh, two officers, uh, they're co-presidents, and they also happen to be the only students out of a school of uh, 1,300 kids that were going to this program. Uh, so it, it, it kind of had a lot for us to work with. At that same time, that student ministry I'd mentioned that I uh, volunteered to step in to help with had five kids. That was it. Um, and 
it was kind of one of those moments in life where is this really something, one, that I have time to give to, and two, am, am I really willing to commit to this? Um, for whatever reason, I did. Uh, what we saw happen became a thing of beauty. Uh, the FCA grew into about 200 kids each week coming, and it, it was growing. The student ministry that I took over uh, grew up to about 100 kids within the next six months. And so we were able to start reaching numbers, but the important part was we were able to bring adults in along with us who knew the kids by name um, because that, in my opinion, is real ministry is when uh, kids – uh, they have a loving adult who knows their name and who's not just telling them about Christ but showing them. So this is all happening in that process, and it has a bit of change that's happening. And uh, During that time, I hand it over to a young man who I'd raised up, uh, was doing a phenomenal job. He then handed off PC West to another young lady, uh, and that was in 2009. And uh, she was at a church program uh, on Wednesday night where the youth pastor was um, talking about um, that if you don't have your Bible daily, it's like having sex without a condom. And so during that service, as an um, example, he, he had condoms there. Well, she was really impressed by that, and so she went into our local high school the following week, gave the same speech, had a box of condoms, and threw condoms out into the crowd. At the same time, the new uh, AD for the school uh, walked through and saw that Youth for Christ was giving out condoms to kids. Um, it closed that school, literally. Uh, we went from having at that point about 250 kids uh, as an outreach that would come uh, to nothing. And it, it closed the door very, very hard. And um, it remained that way for a couple of years. In 2009, I was in a transition in my life. I had just uh, left a large uh, church that I was at as a youth pastor, and um, I was asked if I'd come on as the interim director for Youth for Christ, and uh, I told him, yes, I could do that. I could help find the guy to take my place, and uh, I would step in. Uh, that was seven years ago, and I'm still directing. Ha ha. Uh, pretty funny. I just can't seem to get away from it. Well, during that time, I, I felt in my heart, you know what, I'm going to go back to PC West, and I'm going to try and get us back in. So I show up, uh, and it was a Wednesday morning. I walk in the door, and I go to, uh, her name's Miss Candy, and she's the gatekeeper. Uh, she's uh, the principal's secretary, and there is nothing that happens on that campus uh, that she does not approve um, and so I go up to her, I introduce myself, hi, I'm here, I'm with Youth for Christ, and, and I'd really, and I, I get to right there, and she looks at me and says, sir, we're not interested. I'm like, but ma'am, once again, sir, we are not interested. Oh, okay, 
well, well, thank you for your time. And, and so, you know, I, I walk out with my tail between my legs and, you know, I essentially was kicked off campus as soon as I walked in. And so I leave. I'm like, fine, whatever. Uh, all right. Two months later, it's December the 16th. I remember it very well because it was the day before my birthday. I'm in a wonderful mood. I'm excited. Uh, it's a Thursday, and uh, um, I'm just rolling down the road, and I turn down the street where West is, and I hear the Lord say, pull in and go in. Well, I drive by, <laughs> and uh, um, I, I keep driving, and I get down to where the freshman entrance is, which is you know further down the road, and um, hear him say, go back in, and the good almighty and I were, were having a rather aggressive discussion at that moment because frankly, I don't want my good day to, to be ruined, uh, to be honest with you. And so, um, finally, I mean, I, I, I just can't bear the weight of it. And so I, I turn around not because I want to, or because I'm, you know, trying to obey the Lord. I just, the weight was just almost unbearable. And so I turn around and I drive back and um, I walk in the door, and I walk up to her desk, and I say, hi, my name is Brian. She says, yes, I remember you. I'm like, ma'am, all I want to do is help. That's all, that's all I want to do. And she pauses for a second, and I'm bracing myself, to be honest with you. Something happened in that moment, and she, she looks at me and says, Christmas break starts tomorrow. Come back the first week of January, and we'll talk. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. You have a wonderful Merry Christmas, and I'm out the door before she can change her mind. The, we go through Christmas break. The very first week when they're back in school, uh, I go in on that Tuesday, and I walk up to her desk, and I'm like, hi, Miss Candy. And the lady stands up, hugs my neck, and acts like we've been friends forever. She asks me, Brian, have you heard about our food pantry? And I'm like, no, ma'am. She's like, do you all do anything to do with that? And in that instant, I made a decision. Uh, I was like, yes, ma'am, we sure do. That's, that, that's exactly what we do. Uh, let me clarify, we had never done anything that I'm aware of in the correlation of the existence of our organization to do with the food pantry. But in that moment, I decided we were in the food pantry business. Uh, the most amazing thing happened out of that. Uh, I got with some of the businesses in the area. I asked them to you know, just put a little box out front. Uh, people started collecting cans. I uh, made a few phone calls to feed the children. We started working some stuff with them. Uh, some other local churches started giving, and we were able to become part of that. What I learned out of that situation was in youth ministry, we become so um, I became so comfortable with my ability to speak. Uh, you can throw me on a stage, give me a mic, and, you know, I, I can roll. But in that moment, I, I had to adapt to a new style of ministry. 
Now, I'd been serving people for a long time, but in that moment, it shifted everything that I viewed as campus ministry. Suddenly, it was no longer about me getting them to allow us to have another club on campus so I could give another charismatic speech to get people to raise their hands uh, for for the salvation prayer, which is very important. Please don't misunderstand me. But in that moment, I realized this is the work and the opportunity that God is providing for us. Since that time, we now own that campus. Um, yesterday, I had the privilege of speaking once again with the football team. I was able to take Ryan up a few weeks ago and have him speak with the football team and, and be very front with these guys. They are the leaders of the campus. And out of that, uh, you know, we've been able to do some really cool stuff. Uh, one of the deals was uh, we put over 100 pairs of Nikes on the kids' feet last year. Uh, these are kids whose toes were coming out the end of their shoes. Uh, we've been able to donate a couple of freezers that we now help keep stocked uh, because we had kids. Uh, backstory, uh, we had 15 boys uh, six seasons ago that ended up with broken bones. When they did the study on it, uh, they concluded it was malnutrition. The kids weren't eating. And so uh, a lot of the kids that we work with there uh, don't have parents that are able to come and, you know, for them to eat meals before or after games. Uh, and so that became a need that we became capable of filling. And the best part of it was we were able to do that without, in many cases, bringing any dollars out of our budget. We made the community aware. We became the community solution for that campus. And because of that, people got involved. Uh, They started giving. uh, Churches started becoming more involved with it. And all of that was because we were willing to serve. Um, Now we meet with the teams weekly, specifically the football and basketball team. Uh, A big deal for us, we've got three major high schools, PC West, PCO, PC North, that are part of uh, this specific area of West OKC. And... uh, um, For the first time in 16 years, PC West beat PCO in football. Uh, That's a big deal. That's a real big deal here. And as I was in the front office yesterday, I was able to talk to them about me going in and and meeting with uh, the football team. And the same lady who in 2009 had kicked me out of the campus and said, we're not interested was the same lady yesterday who said to me, you know, Brian, I believe the reason they're winning is because you're meeting with them weekly and praying with those boys. The same lady. And, and, and out of this, guys, I've realized more and more, it's, it's great that we have wonderful sermons. It, it's great that we have speaking abilities. It's, it's awesome some of the cool things we can do on our church campuses. But there is something powerful that happens in our communities when we get on the school campuses. And I've been asked by by many throughout the nation. I realize Oklahoma can be a little bit of a different dynamic uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, Our more urban schools can still be a little bit more abrasive and closed kind of like PC West was. But I've not found a campus yet where when I went up, and offered to serve, they did not willingly accept us in. 
sometimes they're a little suspicious because they 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 believe that we the church have you know agendas uh, and unfortunately often they're right but when we go with open hands and we're there to serve something changes it takes time but something changes yeah I truly believe that every success in your life it'll be because you find the key that unlocks the door that kept other people out if you find that key and you can unlock that campus and, and I, I realize it's becoming even more of an issue for us and the further we go along the more years that pass uh, it's going to become more difficult the traditional sense of going on and doing a Bible club or an FCA club is going to become a more uh, challenging prospect but what is true is our schools have more and more need the need is our opportunity when we go in and and we find out on that campus hey what what's the need you're finding I'll never forget three years ago Candy who you know once again was the one that had kicked me off of campus that day she called me personally and she said Brian I've got a boy here he wears a size 14 shoe and his toes keep coming out of the shoes she said we duct taped them closed three times uh, but winter is coming and we're concerned can you do anything and, and my response was candy that's exactly what we do and so I sent out an email sent it out to Ryan and Levi and many of our other youth pastors in the area just making them aware hey this is a need within 24 hours I had a brand new pair of Nike sitting in front of me from one of the churches the pastor's wife was so moved that she had also gone out and bought that young man not only that $150 pair of Jordan which were pretty wicked uh, but also the matching backpack to go with it and we in that same turn had gone out and bought him a pair of Nikes and we show up to this kid who literally has nothing we show up on campus to give them to him you know the kid of course breaks down and it, it wasn't about that please please you know it, it wasn't some emotional make us feel good deal that that wasn't the purpose but it opened a door and another church called me up and said hey we've got 50 pairs of brand new Nikes that we had for an outreach that uh, Nike had given to us themselves uh, corporate Nike and we You'd like to put them in your hand <laughs> I'm like okay uh, we show up at that school within two weeks all but two pairs had been put on the feet of kids that's a different kind of ownership that's a different level of ownership and the beauty of that once again guys is it did not come out of our budget listen I, I realize as youth pastors you you often have very challenging budgets to try and accomplish massive outreach with with slim dollars I, I totally get that and so what I'm saying to you here is is where you're at if you'll become the connector piece if you will become the voice to your community your the other youth pastors the other parachurch ministries the the business owners in the area where you become that mouthpiece that that vocal piece to them of hey look this is the need the need is real can you help 
I'm convinced that one reason that many don't respond is because they're just not aware of the need. Most people that I deal with daily have no idea that PC West is 94.6% free lunches. That means 94.6% of those kids in that school live in a household that are under the poverty level. So when I make people aware of that, their eyes are like, oh, and they're actually winning? Yeah. The, the boys of PC West, they actually went to the state championship in basketball this past year for Oklahoma, which was amazing. Here's why it's even more amazing, guys. is because three years ago they were going to the state playoffs for the first time uh, in about 30 years, and the AD had sent me a message, hey, uh, could you help us get some goodie bags for them? You know, because – uh, PTAs typically take care of that. The, the parent sponsors normally help with that. Well, they had none. And so I'm like, sure. So once again, I sent out an email to our partners, all of our, you know, Ryan and all the other youth pastors and youth leaders. And um, we get some bags together, which is cool. It's great. Um, and I go with a group of young men to deliver them. I get to the high school, and I kid you not, 15 boys on this team that are about to leave to go uh, two hours away to uh, play in the playoffs, and there was one parent there, just one. There were three coaches, the AD, one parent, and me. We were the only adults there to see these boys off, and they still went. You know, they, they made it, I think, to second round, which was great, but the following year, they made it to the quarterfinals. This past year, they played in the championship because people started believing in them and they started seeing it. See, guys, it it may be just a goodie bag, but what it's become is an entrance into them. I can go and speak to that team at any point and pour into their lives. And I've seen those young men turn around and do the same. And that is a different level. But it's happened because of serving. That is the master key, guys. It really is. I, I, I don't want to keep going around the same, uh, the same pole there, but it really is the master key. That is the way that any closed campus you can get on, by simply going and saying, hey, how can we serve? Uh, a great example uh, with the partnership that I've been able to have with Ryan and with VSL um, this this past year, and Ryan and I, we've been working on it for a while. We just couldn't quite get it uh, to fit. Um, and after five years of working on it, uh, he and I were able to sit down, and we went to one of the schools that's right around the corner from uh, where Victory is, and it's a closed campus. Uh, they got a new principal three years ago, and that person just closed the campus altogether. And so what had been a club of about 250 kids every Wednesday morning went to nothing. And we've tried everything we could figure out to get on that campus. Uh, We've just tried to remain consistent. Uh, With our partnership with VSL, we were able to go to them uh, last month and uh, uh, meet with the uh, head counselor and say, hey, look, we just want to serve your campus. Uh, We've got three young people that are willing to come and serve in your cafeteria. 
And the guy just looks like, okay. So there are three young ministers from VSL now that go weekly, and they are able to walk throughout the cafeteria reminding kids to pick their stuff up and just talk to them. Like their official capacity there is to serve. And because of that service, now they have the ability to share Jesus through their actions and through their words and invite them to come to discover or to victory on Wednesday nights. I mean, the door is open, but it only opened because of service. Well, why did that happen? It's because their budgets are cut, and so they have less staff, and so they have more need. And that's the opportunity. See, we're at an odd moment here in our nation where our education system is um, it's strained at best. And so if we become the voices, we can become the solution. <clears throat> For the last three days, uh, we have a, the, the opposite direction of Oklahoma City. It's one of our outer lying areas. It's called Yukon. Um, they have a thing. It's called Keystone. And for all the freshmen, they go through a week of character training every year. I was able to teach that character training for the last three days. And there's others that are doing it in my place right now. So me and a group of six other ministers and adults were able to go in and teach the entire freshman group of roughly 500 students about character and why they should live it. And oh, by the way, this church over here is a great place. We'd love for you to come learn a little bit more about it. And that was simply because they didn't have people to serve. And we were willing to, so they've opened the doors. That's actually the fifth year now that we've been able to do that exclusively. That is a huge opportunity. I mean, most of us don't have 500 kids coming into our student ministries. And if we do, we've only got them there for 20 to 30 minutes to hear whatever we have to say. We literally had them for four days. That's a huge opportunity, guys. And so that, that I, I'm sure all of you believe in student ministry. And I'm sure all of you uh, believe in the campus work. And so if your concern is how, the simple answer is serve. Get your volunteers committed to this idea of serving. Um, and the final thing I'll say is if – and as someone that used to be on staff of a large church, I realize sometimes we can feel pressure uh, in growth uh, because, you know, numbers translate to success. I, as a business guy, I, I get that. Um, as long as we don't forget that each number is us is a soul that we're leading to Jesus and, and that we know their name. Uh, but what I did see happen was when I took over this student ministry at this large church here, uh, they had 30 kids. Uh, they had a uh, congregation, uh, we'll call it seven, 800, depends on who was counting. Uh, but they had 30 kids coming on Wednesday night. We started serving the middle school that was right next to it. Within 18 months, it had gone from 30 kids to over 300 kids. And I honestly believe the whole reason was because we served a campus. 
we serve them. So um, that's the key, guys. Once again, the master key is service. Um, thanks. I appreciate the time. I, I hope something of it connected with you um, because I, I believe if it does, there's a huge impact you can make, not just on your, your church campus, but in your actual culture of uh, the city that God has placed you in. So there you go. Brian, thank you so much, man. That was that was fantastic. Um, guys, we're going to move into uh, our Q&A session. And so uh, if you have a question for Brian about schools, uh, just connecting with local business owners, uh, how to connect with um, you know parachurch organizations, whatever it might be, uh, go ahead and hit star six and you'll get in there and uh, we'll, we'll get to you uh, in just a few minutes. So Brian, man, thank you so much for uh, sharing. Uh, man, that was that was great stuff, and I know that uh, you're passionate about it. You're not just talking about it from um, just something that that sounded good. Um, it's it's truly a big part of of who you are, and so uh, I really am just thankful for um, you taking the time to to share with us a little bit. And so uh, let's get to uh, our our first question. Uh, I believe it's. Uh, Let's get to it. It's, uh, I believe it's Andy. So, Andy, go ahead and ask your question, man. Hey, thanks. And thanks so much for sharing, Brian. That was awesome. Um, quick question about uh, – I want to see – I know that it's going to be different campus to campus and city to city, but could you just name a, a few very simple, practical ways that you all have served campuses that might be transferable, um, just some ideas that you, you've done? Heck, yeah. Um, and, and you said it exactly right. Uh, part of what I've taught my team – is every campus is specific. Don't go in assuming you know what their need is. So when we go to a campus, like I was talking about CAPS, uh, that's the middle school uh, that VSL um, that we're partnering on now. We went in, we met with Randy, and we simply said, Randy, what's your biggest need? And he was like, well, let me think about it. It's like, well, do you, do you have open areas where you don't have um, adults, enough adults? He's like, yeah, man, the lunchroom. He said the lunchroom is chaos. Like, okay, well, well, guess what? We, we can help with that, Randy. It's like, really? It's like, yeah, man, we, that's what we do. And um, so that was the solution for that middle school. Uh, one of our high schools – they have uh, the in-school suspension during lunchtime for kids that are late, that are constantly tardy, and they had a coach for the last several years that did that. Well, they lost their funding for him, so they had no one to do that. Well, that's one of the things we do now, uh, and so we now have uh, <laughs> our people serving the in-school suspension kids, I mean, that are in there for being tardies, and they're able to talk to them about Jesus while they've got them in there for, you know, the 30 to 45 minutes of lunch. Um, the shoes, that was a big one. Uh, the food for the kids, uh, something, uh, you know, we got those two uh, freezers donated, which was pretty cool. Um, it was just older people uh, that, you know, would not traditionally do any form of youth ministry. We just shared, hey, uh, we need some freezers to keep food on site for these kids. And uh, a couple of retired couples were like, hey, we've got these. If you'll come pick them up. And so that's become a huge thing. Um, of course, the, the pizza and the donuts, you know, that 
I've been doing it for 13 years now, so I'm, I, I don't want to just do another pizza party to get people to heaven when they die. And so the times that we're going to use donuts and pizza are because kids are hungry. Uh, and so anytime we can feed a kid, uh, it, it opens them up because it's hard to hear Jesus on a growing stomach. So that's part of our philosophy. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think of some of the other examples. Um, I know, Brian, uh, at times you guys have uh, helped sponsor uh, groups to come in and do school assemblies for, for schools yeah. that can't afford them. Yes, thank you. That Thank you. That's a great one. Uh, you know, anytime we can have one of the bullying groups, uh, <laughs> that sounded funny, sorry, uh, one of the groups that talks about bullying, uh, that's one of our, you know, huge buzzwords right now. It used to be purpose and all that, but now it's bullying. We'll bring them in. Uh, and then we will set them up in one of our local churches also. Uh, Victory did that recently where they did a outreach at um, Mayfield, which is 99.4% poverty rate, and then they had them come back and do a deal there on campus that night. So it's a great way to connect kids from the campus back to the church. Uh, so that's really kind of what I'm doing. I'm constantly looking for a need. Uh, you know, another need that comes to mind is we had, oh, there we go. Um, I've got a donor that what he gives is Walmart gift cards. It is the greatest resource in the history of resources because um, what I'm able to do is take those gift cards. Uh, had a couple of kids at one of the schools. They had been picked up uh, by the state, and uh, they only had the clothes on their back we were able to go into that middle school for their, for all three of them, purchase clothes for them and get them to them uh, so they could come back to school with clean clothes. Uh, you know, there was an, another kid, the, the house burned down. Uh, another thing we did uh, is anytime there's a loss, uh, we had a young man that was killed in a car wreck at PCO last year, and we were able to be part of helping the family through that time. Uh, we uh, got with the other churches, and uh, they sent in uh, uh, food. Because if we're honest, as a congregation, if we have a family member that that passes away, um, typically our church, our Sunday school group, whoever that will, they'll bring food to the house. Well, if you're not connected with a local church, you don't have that. And so we've tried to position ourselves as that. If we're going to lose a kid on campus, then we're going to surround that family with love, knowing that by doing that, that increases the probability that they will find peace in Jesus. Uh, so that's, I think, a really great thing that any of us could do. You just, you know, start an email thing with the local youth pastors and local churches in your area, and anytime you have any form of loss on a campus, you're able to respond, hey, we'll take Monday, this church take Tuesday, that church take Wednesday, that kind of a thing. Uh, and by doing so, we can just shower people with love, and that, once again, opens the door more. Anything that we can do where we are tangibly not putting it on us, but we are putting it on serving, they're going to see Jesus through it. Does that hopefully answer your question? Yeah, that does. Thank you so much. That's great. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Again, if you have a question, go ahead and hit star six, and you guys can get in there and uh, ask your questions. So we've got, uh, I think it's uh, Michael Moore coming up next. So, Michael, go ahead and jump in, man. 
Hey, Brian, that was uh, terrific. I'm just wondering, um, how do you get uh, the local community as far as like businesses, things like that, to actually be involved? Is it sharing the dream, uh, or are you just asking for support based on what you're doing? Okay. Um, well, um, great question, Michael. Um, I'm actually having a lunch today uh, at noon with a group of seven different business owners. Uh, you know, one of them is an alumni. Uh, he graduated from the school like, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Uh, and so when I share with him the condition of where the school is, he becomes very passionate about it. He's connected some of the other alumni that he's part of that alumni association with. That's a huge thing. Uh, so what I would do first is I would look within my own congregation and see, hey, is there anyone here that graduated from that high school? Is there anyone here that went to that middle school? Uh, that's your first starter because once they've already got investment, uh, either it was a great experience for them in high school and they want other kids to have that, or it was a horrible experience for them in high school and they don't want anyone else to go through what they went through. So that's a great starting point. Uh, the other thing I do is I look for uh, organizations. One that's here is called Swadley's uh, Barbecue. Brent Swadley, he is the man. And Brent is very passionate about the young generation, and you could tell that because they would make donations to every time the baseball thing or every time the football had a calendar, and you would see their stuff. So I set up a meeting with Brent and went and talked to him, shared with him what we were doing. I mean, he was super excited. Um, and so that's, I think, a great resource. Another one is Diffie Motors. It's a, a, uh, and Mr. Diffie, you know, his kids years ago went to PC West, and so he has a heart for it. And you could tell that because out there on the, the baseball field, out there in the distance, there's a Diffie sign. And so I kind of knew that, and so I went in and told him, hey, this is what we're doing for your boys. Man, he became excited about it. So I, I think that's a quick and easy way. It's an easy way to identify people that are, one, already connected, and two, already passionate about that campus. And from there, as you start getting people, you start finding additional people. Uh, people get excited when there's movement. Uh, and so that's, that's really that's the first place I would start. I would start looking within my congregation, and then I would start looking at uh, people that are already giving in some capacity in a business light. Uh, then from there, the parachurch and the other churches, everybody is, if, if you're a faith-based organization, your core comes back to you want to see people led to Christ. Uh, sometimes we, we get territorial, uh, but and because we want them to come through Christ through us. <laughs> but when we all sit down at a common table with a common goal of this is not going to be about me, it's not going to be about you, it's going to be about Jesus, and if we all work together we can accomplish that, man, people get juiced about that. And so that those are the three things I would do first. I would start, uh, once again, uh, looking at my own congregation for alumni, to I'd look at any of the printed materials, the billboards, any of that that have business names in my area, and I'd set up appointments with them to let them know, hey, this is what we're doing and this is what we want to do. And three, uh, I, would, I would set a lunch uh, either individually one at a time or as a group 
with youth pastors and with parachurch organizations. Uh, your FCA, most of our campuses throughout our nation have FCA. It's still a great way for us to get in.